former follower of Bethel Church who had walked away from the movement has seemingly walked back some of that repentance and is back promoting Bill Johnson and Bethel Music on her page. And Jessa Duggar-Seewald, formerly of 19 Kids and Counting, announces the loss of a baby and wicked pundits and articles are claiming that a miscarriage is the same as willfully terminating the life of her child. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at not only some of the terrible things and really bad arguments that you might find from those who are pro-baby death, but we will also be looking at none other than Lindsay Davis Knott, who has seemingly, at least to some capacity, recanted some of her original repentance of being involved at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. But before we do, we would love for you guys to make sure you give this show a like. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you feel so led so you can get some more updates on this. And also, if you're listening via podcast, make sure you guys leave us a five-star review. And the reason for that is to hopefully get us up there so more people can see these things and be warned of false doctrine. And also, as we always try to do, bring forth the gospel, the saving gospel of Jesus Christ, the life-saving, eternity-saving gospel of Jesus Christ. But on this episode, we are going to be talking about some things, and I was honestly pretty saddened while looking through the Facebook page of Lindsay Davis Knotts. And most people, I guess, maybe the last time you saw her, if it wasn't on a podcast with Michelle Doherty or something like that, might have been when Lindsay Knotts was right outside of Bethel Church or Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, which she was involved in at the time. And in fact, we played this clip on our series, Bethel or Beth Hell, examining the teachings of Bill Johnson and Bethel Church. And the reason we showed it is to show that there's not being a gospel proclaimed there. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the very thing, the dunamis power of the gospel that does save, is not being proclaimed there. And truthfully, most of what is going on uh, would could be chalked up to witchcraft, and it is a heartbreaking thing, especially with how we did, I think, ended up being six parts on that show and are on that series, and the last one being Bethel Rediscovered, which is them going through all the different arguments that are made against them and showing you how bad, one, they were literally dishonest in the show. I mean, it's pretty sad to watch them go through all these questions and watch them be dishonest about certain things, call things myths, and then admit to doing them later. But nonetheless, this clip that you're about to see was from Lindsay Davis Knotts before she was Knotts, uh, and and Lindsay decided to share what her feelings were regarding Bethel after watching the documentary American Gospel. I'm actually a student at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and I attend Bethel Church in Redding, California. And from someone who is still here at Bethel, who's still at Bethel School of Ministry, I can attest to the fact that they are preaching a false gospel. And by the end of this film, the Holy Spirit had taken a, like a hold of my heart to the point where I was so deeply convicted over my sin. I was so 
deeply grieved by the complete heresy and blasphemy of this movement that I was sick to my stomach and I didn't sleep for three nights. So hearing that, obviously there'd be some striking things. Like why would you ever want to be involved with Bethel when you're hearing things like that? And to be honest with you, like I said, we have a six part series on the subject showing not only what Bethel's all about, but honestly, some of their influences and also their friends. We called it their friends contagion because not only the Todd Whites and some of the Benny Hens and so forth that they've been involved with, Todd Bentley and all these guys, but just recently, by the way, they invited and had none other than Kenneth Copeland, the ARC heretic himself, maybe one of the biggest heretics out there. They had Kenneth Copeland come and speak at Bethel Church. I'm sorry, but to platform someone like Kenneth Copeland, that is disgusting and heartbreaking and absolutely detrimental to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so any sort of promotion of Bethel, whether it's trying to get the mantum of heretic William Branham, and I say heretic because he literally calls the doctrine of the Trinity from the devil. He says that that doctrine is from the devil. And you have Chris Vallotton saying that he wanted to get that anointing, that mantle from him, but it was too much power that it would kill him because obviously heretics just have all this power. And we have warned about the grave soaking, which they denied, but also admitted to. <laughs> yeah, and you can see that on our part six series. We'll put a little link in the description. When they were even trying to give an answer for what's going on, they literally admit to things happening and them saying basically, well, we don't want to stop the spirit. We don't want to stop the move of the spirit and saying things like, you know, sometimes it's messy when you have these private times of prayer even though they were posted on Instagram by his own wife, his late wife, sadly. And I say all this as, as a big warning. This is a warning for those involved in Bethel or even playing their music. This should be a warning to what is going on there up in Redding, California, and so many of the people they've touched, whether it's through their sozo prayer and some of the other mystical things that they get involved with. But this is really, really sad to think about. And so when a lot of people saw this clip of her saying, wow, look at all these terrible things. Wow. I think people were probably pretty encouraged to see someone coming out of that. But then, like I said, I had mentioned without naming her, but I had mentioned on an episode where we talked about Jeffrey Dahmer in the recent Dahmer series, some of the ways that people will use these terms uh, to describe God or his grace and use terms that you don't see in scripture at all. And I don't know if it's trying to come up with something new, but a lot of times it is detrimental to God's nature. You know, calling things like, I don't know, the reckless love of God, right? Like we've talked about that a lot, but the truth is it's a very popular song and God's love isn't reckless at all. It wasn't reckless when Jesus died on the cross. He had a job and fulfilled it. He had a duty, he had a purpose that he came to fulfill, and nothing was going to stop that from happening. And so when I saw somebody using the term scandalous grace, I didn't call her out by name or anything at the time, but I thought, man, I really don't like that usage, this scandalous grace. When we talk about scandalous, especially in the time in which we live in, when we talk about scandalous, it usually involves an affair. Or, you know, I don't know, Hunter Biden, I don't know. It's not something that we apply to the grace of God, and we go, oh, it's scandalous. 
And it's and it's dangerous to have those things. But I, I do know, and we want to give grace to people and say, okay, maybe you don't just understand. But just a quick look at her recent posts, and I have to be honest with you, I was very disheartened, and I'm hoping for repentance here. And I want to state this first. She had shared something where she had talked about how she was a cessationist because she was involved in Bethel and so forth and had swung over to the other side to say, well, I guess the gifts have ceased. And she said the Bible took her away from cessationism. Okay, that's fine. I'm not a cessationist. I do believe that the gifts are for today. I don't believe that they have ceased. I believe that there were apostolic gifts in terms of the apostles had gifts that are different or with more power even. Uh, because to have the apostolic ministry that they had, it was far different than what we would have. Uh, it's how God started the church and gave them the keys of the kingdom and so forth. But nonetheless, when we look at that, I'm like, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a cessationist to believe that the gifts have ceased. I'm not supposed to quench the spirit or despise prophetic utterances, but I am supposed to test all things. So I look at that and I go, okay, well, that's fine. So then when I see that she's calling herself now, and I say that because she shared a post of someone else calling her this, but she called herself a careful charismatic. But when I started to see some of the other posts, like her recent views on music, you know, songs that she really likes, here's some of the songs that I've really been enjoying. Of course, I think the second song in the little video she made was none other than Bethel Music. And I go, whoa, this is somebody who had recently, or not recently, but had at one point made a video saying, yeah, this is new age. This is really dangerous. Had done interviews saying that they're teaching new age thought and not really the gospel. And then all of a sudden you're back listening to their music. You're back wallowing in that false teaching mire. And it was really sad to see that. But then most recently seeing her share a post by none other than Bill Johnson. And here's what she wrote after sharing Bill Johnson's article. This is from Bill Johnson. If I can give him praise in the middle of the mystery, I will have given him something I will never have a chance to give him in heaven. It's true that I will be a worshiper forever, throughout eternity. I will bow before the Lamb of God and declare his greatness, but I only have the chance to give him praise in the midst of pain in this life. I will say this. Yeah, we can say that's true, but guys, even the devil can say things that are true. Even the demons believe and yet tremble. And Satan himself, I'm sure, knows a lot of accurate theology and it doesn't help him at all. And while these words might sound really good, platforming somebody like Bill Johnson, who is a false teacher, without a doubt, and then adding this commentary to his commentary, quote, that is what I like to call a very valuable piece of biblical wisdom. And when asked in the comment section, if Lindsay believes that Bill Johnson is a sound brother in Christ, Lindsay sent a full sermon from none other than Bill Johnson. So it does seem that Lindsay has back swung the pendulum and not as much of a careful charismatic as she was called, but there's nothing careful about platforming absolute false teachers. And it is a sad and heartbreaking thing. We don't say these things lightly. I listened to at least 25 hours of teaching between not only Bill Johnson, but Chris Vallotton and other teachers there, um, Benny Johnson as well, and others. And so it is really dangerous. And when you do see the error, you go, whoa, 
there's something really going on there. That is really dangerous. I'll give you a perfect example. Phil Wickham. I used to listen to Phil Wickham's music. He came out of the Calvary Chapel movement. I thought, oh, wow, he's, he's got a great voice. This is really great. In fact, I even had concerts with Phil Wickham. And then in 2000, I believe 18, he started working together with none other than Bill Johnson's son to write much of his music going forward. And so guess what? We go, oh, wow, I guess we don't listen to that stuff anymore. And so allowing that to just be permeated within your mind from people that are of another spirit is, I believe, dangerous. And it's, and it's, and it's a sad thing. It's a sad reality. And simply saying, oh, yeah, I get really encouraged by this. And what biblical sound wisdom from Bill Johnson, the amount of harm that has been done. Because Bill Johnson has literally taught, and these are by his own words, that to be to graduate from the school of supernatural ministry, which is more wizardry than ministry, to do so, you must false prophesy. I'm not that's not my exaggeration. That is what he said. To graduate from there, you must falsely prophesy. Say that God has given you a word and falsely prophesy. The Bible makes it clear that false prophets, if they're wrong one time or send you to another God, automatically they're out. They don't have another shot. They don't get to try again. They're no longer a prophet of God, or they never were, and ultimately they need to keep quiet. So to have those sorts of thoughts and to say those certain things, this is sad. And for her to be platforming and kind of going back on that, it really is heartbreaking. And it does hurt my heart to think about that. And I do pray that if she's going to be a careful, charismatic, that she actually is careful. So we do pray. And I I want to say this. There's a couple of things. We, when it comes to the shows that we do, we do them so that we do see people repent. I do pray for Bill Johnson. We prayed for Bill Johnson and Chris Valentin and everyone at Bethel, as well as Lindsay when it comes to these shows, it's not, we really want to tell everyone who's really bad and, and we don't want to, no, we want to see them get out of the deception. We want to see them to run as fast as they can to the nearest exit. And we want to see those who are involved in teaching repent, sit down and be taught because this stuff is really dangerous. And it's kind of crazy because this whole grave soaking thing is actually more popular than you are led to believe. In fact, even Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen and recently played Lonnie Frisbee in The Jesus Revolution, which if you're on this channel, you can actually see our review of that movie, The Jesus Revolution, and you can check it out. But one of the things I found interesting was after studying some of the people that came out of Bethel and teachers by their own admission who taught grave soaking and were excited about it, even from the pulpit there, that they felt bad about rebuking, and then that some of their students got involved in it. That's from their Bethel Rediscovered series, by the way. When you see that, but then when I see it actually is more popular than I think we're led on to believe because you even have Catholic mystics like Jonathan Rumi, as mentioned, who played Jesus in The Chosen, actually talking about going to Lonnie Frisbee's grave and getting a sign from him and talking with him through the rosary. Just check this out. Before I started work, I went over to Christ Cathedral and uh, I, I sat by his grave and I prayed a rosary with him. Oh, he didn't realize he's buried there too. He's, oh yeah, he's buried there. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to have to go take a look at that. Yeah, it's 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 powerful. In fact, I sat down and I prayed with him. Um, the, the, the space just to his right is empty. So I got to sit down or lie. At one point I even lied down because I just thought it would be kind of interesting to try to connect in some way. That's probably more information than you need or may even want to publish. 
But that said, uh, I, you know, I, it's the, the truth. And so I finished praying with him. And I said, Lonnie, I want to honor you with this film. And I really want to, um, to, to, to bring justice and, and, you know, the testament to the gifts of God's grace and, and powers that you, you know, displayed while you were on this earth. And so if this is a good idea that I do this film, have somebody give me a sign, give me a sign, have God give me a sign. Mm -hmm. And the minute the words left my mouth behind me, there was a door open to the cathedral and this giant chord rang out for about five seconds. And then from the organ, from the organ. Wow. I heard that. And I was like, okay, thanks for that. <laughs> Not that everyone here is a Catholic mystic, but nonetheless, these things are serious. And you have to wonder, just like with Bethel music, just like with the teachings, just like with all of this and all the PR they do, you have to wonder what spirit this is of. And it is very dangerous. And so we want to make sure we're warning, we're marking, and we're avoiding. And we're not simply saying, oh, this was a good word from that person. Because I do wonder what kind of spirit it might be of. Remember, even the devil himself did quote scripture to Jesus, but he did what he always did. He quoted it out of context. And I want to talk about something that really did disturb me. Not that I expect anything from the world. I do not expect anything good to come out from the world. But you would think uh, that in, (laughs) you would think, but you'd be wrong, I guess. Um, You would think that in this climate of, you know, respecting women as, you know, people tell us that they do, um, that they would respect when somebody comes out and tells about something hard that they're going through or something that they went through. And recently, Jessa Duggar Seawalt, who was famous for being on the show 19 Kids and Counting, um, revealed that she had a miscarriage. And it was a really sad thing. And I'll read from a couple articles, but I, the, the reaction was what really bothered me. On February 21st, a video was posted to the 19 Kids and Counting and Counting On Stars YouTube channel. Seawald took viewers inside her pregnancy journey with husband Ben Seawald and their children, Spurgeon, Henry, Ivy, and Fern. As Jesse Seawald explained in the video toward the end of her first trimester in December 2022, she was feeling nausea, fatigue, and food aversions, along with the tiniest amount of vaginal bleeding. A small amount of bleeding during pregnancy is often perfectly normal, but sometimes it can signal a miscarriage, according to the Mayo Clinic, which defines a miscarriage as a spontaneous loss before the 20th week of pregnancy. So Jessa did confirm that she did have a miscarriage and she was going to be engaged in what's called a D. And C. And this is something very personal. It is very heartbreaking. I know it is really hard. We just had a, a couple of mine and my wife's closest friends just had to have this happen. And it is very devastating. It is heartbreaking. It is really hard for the woman involved um, and the husband as well when the loss of a life happens, when the loss of a baby takes place by, by miscarriage. It is sad. And praise God that, you know, it is through as it says in Psalm 119 multiple times, but one specific times that it is through my anguish that I learn your statutes. I I think there is so much to that. And in that anguish, sanctification, allow sanctification uh, to to be true in our hearts and allow it to take place through God's word and through his Holy Spirit. And, And those kind of instances can be very, very difficult 
for someone to know the loss of a child. That's just it's just absolutely heartbreaking. We hate death. And one of the things when I think of death and cancer or whatever may happen, it it just makes me hate sin all the more because I recognize that it's from sin that death came into the world. And because of sin, death came into the world. And I cannot wait until all of this sin is just done with and over with. And I thank my Lord Jesus Christ for dying on the cross and paying for the sins of the world. I thank him for that all the time. And every time I see these things, I'm reminded, Lord, one day this will all be done with. One day you're, all the tears will be wiped away. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more death. And I can't wait for that. But it is a sad thing. But I wanted to read from an article, and I, I feel disgusting even reading from it. But of course, it has to be from, you know, something like Jezebel. And that's literally the name of this just propagator of nonsense. But um, this is what they had to say. Duggar Seawald would need an abortion, except she doesn't call it that in the video. Instead, the mother of four would possibly take something or pass the baby at, at home. But because of her history of hemorrhaging, the doctor was concerned about self-managing the abortion at home. And because abortion is banned in Arkansas, where she lives, except to save the pregnant mother's life. Um, I'm just going to read for you a definition of abortion so you guys know. This is this is not bias. This is the definition of abor- abortion. The deliberate termination of a human pregnancy, most often performed during the first 28 weeks of pregnancy. And... Don't think that Jezebel were the only wicked ones trying to propagate this. Josie Duffy Rice, one of those uh, great, wonderful commentators on Twitter with a blue check mark, posted the story from People Magazine and said, quote, to be clear, this is a member of one of the most famous vocally anti-abortion families admitting she got an abortion. And when she was called out for her nonsensical, ridiculous statement that that a miscarriage is an abortion, she says, quote, whispers, if the baby were definitely dead, they would have just said that. Well, of course, Jessa did respond, and here's what she had to say. Women have DNCs for many reasons, not all of which involve killing a living human being. The ultrasound revealed that I had a miscarriage. My baby's heart had stopped beating three weeks before I had a DNC. By the way, this was not my first DNC. It was my second. My first was two weeks postpartum, Ivy's birth for retained placenta. Each person is created in the image of God, Genesis 1.27. And to purposefully destroy a baby in the womb is an affront to the God who created that life. There's a world of difference between someone dying and someone being killed. To equate one to the other and to a mother grieving the loss of her baby, no less, is severely distasteful. There is a world of difference between a mortician and a murderer. Even a child understands the difference between the two. And this is exactly what I would expect from a blood-lustful culture that wants babies to be able to be killed by, out of the whim of any mother or the pressures of a father towards the mother. And this sort of thing is grotesque and disgusting. It is really heartbreaking, and it is the difference between looking at a woman who might have gotten into a car accident where her child passed away and a woman who ran her child over with a car. 
And to make some sort of equation and try to do this for political gain, how just disgusting is it? And when I see these things, when I see that this is, you know, Jezebel and parade and some of these just ridiculous articles that are written and statements that are made, not caring about what that mother is going through after the loss of a child, when I see those things, it makes me think all the more, I cannot wait and I cannot pray all the more, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I cannot wait to be with Jesus forever. And if you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you this right now, if you are watching this and you're someone that may not actually know Jesus or even have assurance of that salvation, know that you can know right now whether or not you are right with God. If you turn and put your trust in him, the fact is that each and every one of us, we may be looking at abortion or murder or whatever it may be, lying, stealing, you may be really mad about some other sin that somebody else committed, but you have a laundry list of sins that you've committed against a holy God, a perfect God who died a horrible death on a cross. And so God made laws and you broke them. And the only way by which you could be saved or the payment is going to be, take place, right? The payment for the sins is, are going, is going to take place. Either you are going to pay for all eternity for the crimes you committed against a perfect God or guess what? Jesus Christ has already paid for it on the cross. When he said to tell us die while he was on the cross in horrible misery, and he cried out to tell us die, it meant paid in full. Your sins have been bought and paid for. So when you put on the Lord Jesus Christ on the day of judgment, instead of just getting what you deserve, don't think that, oh, God's just this meanie and he wants to hurt people for all eternity. No, no, no. You're simply getting what you deserve instead of Christ receiving what you deserve. And so when he said to tell us die paid in full, we know that whether it's abortion, whether it's murder, whether it's lust, whether it's your pornography addiction or your drug addiction or your alcohol addiction, whatever it may be, we know that it's been bought and paid for at the cross. So when we put on the Lord Jesus Christ on the day of judgment, it isn't let's weigh out your good and your bad. Let's see how good you were and how bad you were. No, it's have your crimes been paid for. And if you're in Christ, God doesn't see you. He doesn't weigh out your good and your bad. He sees his son. He sees to telestai paid in full. If you put your trust in him and know that Jesus Christ died according to the scriptures and on the third day he rose again according to the scriptures for your sins and that you've been bought and paid for. If you don't know Christ, turn to him now, put your full trust in him and hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. This has been Chad Davidson. It's the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.